Welcome back, Dodecadorks. We're the 12-sided guys. We have Matt as Pine. Hi. Scott as Roos. That's me. Sabrina as Nari. Hey there. Jordan as Richter. Good evening. And me, Paul, as Roos's super toxic ex-boyfriend, Farron. <laughs> He's come to get his college sweatshirt, some mail, and his old Tedward albums. You know, it's times like these you realize why you actually broke up. Am I right? <laughs> anyway, go check out our Discord and chat with us. Also, you can check out our character sheets, some bonus episodes, and even see a wiki and maps by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash 12sidedguys. But of course, just spreading the word either by telling people about us or by sporting your dodecadork drip around town is so helpful to us in getting the word out about this podcast. Anyway, if blast processing made you rethink your purchase, then this podcast is for you. It's Crystal Codex, episode 98. Do you guys think having a mind flare for an ex-boyfriend is worse than a narcissistic ex-boyfriend? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think mind flares by nature are narcissists. So, yeah. You know what I think? You know what I think it is? Okay. So when I was a kid, uh, the cool thing was to have a rat tail, but my mom would never let us have a rat tail. So I'm thinking that uh, Farron's mom must have been extremely permissive to let him have a monkey tail. So he probably just never been told no in his entire life. <laughs> that seems likely. Oh my gosh. It's a shame, really. It's a, it's a crying shame. Or maybe he's never seen the full moon, never turned into a big ape. <laughs> oh, that's true. There that's true. <laughs> Dear Ivan. No, no, that won't do. Richter says as he crumples up the paper and tosses it into the fireplace. It catches on the still-glowing embers of the small, now mostly extinguished fire he lit an hour ago. The Richter family house in Almar was dark this evening. Only a single candle and a few hall lamps gave light to the home. The flickering candle on the desk cast strange dancing shadows on the walls. Canvas cloths were draped over the various items of furniture, save for the desk set near the middle of the room, which had the cloth thrown to one half, leaving a space where Kaylin currently sat. Pulling out a fresh sheet of paper, he dips his quill into his inkwell and begins anew. Ivan. Where to even begin, Richter thinks to himself, quill hovering over the page. It's been ages, and I apologize for not making a greater effort to search for you sooner. I assumed that, like myself, you found yourself occupied by the demands of career, or, lords and ladies willing, a family of some sort. That would, at the least, provide a valid reason for our lack of correspondence over these past many decades. I'm not sure if you ever tried to reach out. I know that for many years I didn't. But now as I grow older, and as I spend more time in our family's house here in the capital, my mind is drawn back to fond memories of our youth. Kalen paused for a moment, his eyes staring blankly ahead, not really seeing the cloth-draped furniture in front of him. He was drawn back, chasing Ivan through the halls, while the smell of the kitchen staff's handiwork, making summer sausages and cheeses, hung heavy in the air. Ivan's laugh echoing around the corner as Kalen dashed afterwards, toy sword raised to overhead. He chuckled to himself and resumed writing. 
With the collapse of the Empire, I thought I might find you. I hoped that you, perhaps, would find your way back to Almar. I returned to Almar after the shattering, in part out of a hope that we would reunite, and in part because I felt that the cult of inevitability and the religion of the angel were a cancer that needed monitoring. I never could have imagined just how true that fear was, how well-founded. I've learned things, Ivan, that have shaken my understanding and views on this world. I've learned just how involved the lords and ladies, or at least the inevitable, have been in the events that have shaped this world. And I have a duty now, a purpose, to assist my companions with every fighting ounce I have. I have to see this through to the end. If I could stay here in hopes that you would return, I would. But events have occurred here in the city which have left me compromised. My companions and I fought these demons or angels, well, heralds of the inevitable. We found that one in particular had been preying upon the people of the city. We managed to defeat it, but whatever the device was that this herald used, which must be quite old, remains still below the city. And the cultists also remain. Both needed to be addressed, and so we brought this to the attention of the people of Almar. We brought it to the very floor of the Senate. I didn't want to necessarily get involved, you see, Ivan. I've not been very well behaved when it comes to the governments of Almar. I've played a heavy role in destabilizing and sowing unrest. I felt that my voice would bring only deeper incredulity and skepticism. It turns out that this old fool couldn't remain silent, though. When my group brought up the topic of the cult of inevitability, a series of events were kicked off that were disturbing, to say the least. The priest, figurehead, and others began to openly attack not just my companions and myself, but leaders of both the high and low houses. They tried, in vain, to essentially overthrow the people's government right then and right there. Fortunately, we were able to thwart these plans. Unfortunately, it appears that the corruption may go deeper still, with many house members apparently in cahoots. But we were able to save some of the leaders from the Senate before it fully went ablaze. And you may recall my penchant for the dramatic. I may or may not have thrown a severed head of one of the perpetrators to the crowd to attempt to shock them into action. At least we have a few new powerful allies, and with any luck and the blessings of the lords and ladies, Almar may yet find peace. Given my involvement in this kerfuffle, I've decided that, I've decided that it is best if I leave the city for a time. There have been rumors of tremors in Minarest, I believe near Colinium. Of course, I must investigate, and so I am packing up the home. Ivan, I don't know if you'll see this. I don't even know if you're even alive anymore. We've lost so much. Our estate near the Muse is now deep under the sea. The entire region wiped from existence due to the shattering. A true pity. No one will ever again watch the lightning bugs dance over the languid flow of the Muse at dusk. The sea swallowed our home, our lands our very history, turning Minarest into an island and all but erasing our past. But if you do come back to Almar, and if you do remember our family's house here, and if you somehow manage to check this upstairs office, then you will find this note, and you will know that your older brother never forgot you, and he hasn't given up yet. Ivan, for what it's worth, I love you, and I hope you are well. Kaylin Richter Kaylin quickly blots the paper, moving with practice speed, folding the letter, and stuffing it into an envelope. He quickly pulls out a stick of black sealing wax 
and seals the envelope shut, pushing his family signet ring into the cooling wax. With a swift movement, he stands, extinguishes the candle, and then covers the desk with the cloth that only half covered the desk just a moment before. Dropping the letter on the now-covered desk, Kalen walks towards the door. Pausing at the threshold, he turns back one more time, looking over the now dark room, furniture covered in cloth, valuables and belongings boxed and stored, embers dying in the fireplace, and then leaves, closing the door behind him. Whoa. That was intense. Very cool. Secret missing family members. I want to learn more about Ivan. In my head, I had this whole crazy backstory thing. I mean, I I shared my big, long write-up on Kalen's history, but yeah, he he and his brother were separated at a young age when his parents died tragically. And the idea is that uh, Kalen was brought over to the Minarese side of the family and then was raised by his uncle, who was a military leader, whereas his brother was taken by their grandfather, Duke Fyodor, who was kind of like the head of intelligence under the empire. And he never saw what happened to Ivan after that. That's amazing. Dude, that name, Fyodor, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> why, is your, why is your character named Kalen and not Fyodor? <laughs> <laughs> it should have been. It should have been. Well, um, after those events uh, of uh, Richter writing that letter and leaving it in his in his home, um, our party, Nari and the boys, they boarded this large airship. It was a big kind of uh, bulky kind of fat cruise liner type of a, it's a tub. type of vessel. It's a big tub. It is a big tub, almost as wide across as it is uh, long. And there, with other people looking to travel to um, to Menarest, uh, they actually set sail to the skies leaving the city of Almar um, with uh, at least one ally aboard, uh, Gerard and Porthos uh, actually hitched a ride on this very same vessel. And the first day of flying was uh, relatively uneventful. Uh, That is until night came, where last night um, Nari was um, awakened by uh, something, a shift in the ship she felt it it just it was just enough to wake her up but nobody else woke up she felt the the ship actually start to bank and turn and head a different direction than it was supposed to be going um that caused her to uh, get up and start walking around the cabins where she went back to the room where pine and roos were staying at the um at the is it aft at the aft of the ship and there she saw the door was open and Roos and Pine both lay in their beds and standing over Roos was a thin, muscular, uh, kind of dark hair, ponytail uh, wearing man with a monkey tail who had um, a whip in one hand and a blackjack in the other. And at this very moment, we are going to roll initiative. I'm trying to remember what my safe word was. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing that it's like it's cold up here because we're so much higher up um, that so Pine would still be covered all in the blankets. Otherwise, you would see that he sleeps in the nude even when sharing a room. <laughs> <laughs> the safety word is aardvark. <laughs> 
Trombone. Always trombone. Yeah, but it's got to be a... It's got to be a word you're not going to use while stuff is going <laughs> that's, down, though. That's so. true. That's true. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so trombone, that's out the window. <laughs> Roos got an eight. Nari got a four. And uh, Richter got a six. And Pine got a 24, not 20. All right. And let's go ahead and get this party started. Okay. So at this moment, we have... Nari has approached um, Roos and Pine's room here in this airship called the Brass Butterfly, wearing just her clothing. She's not wearing her armor because she literally woke up uh, from a dead sleep. And Roos and Pine are both laying. Uh, this room is pretty small. It's about 20 feet wide. I mean, it's, it's very large for an airship, for any kind of a ship cabin. Um, but it's 20 feet by about 20 feet. Uh, and there are two beds in here that are very nice um and there's some some uh, like a wardrobe and a, and a stool and uh roost is over kind of on the west side of the, of the room and pine is on the east side of the room and the door going into the room is on the south side of this room nari stands in the doorway looking at farin standing over um Roose, and at the top of the initiative initiative 24 we have pine who is still asleep yes i am nice you already made perception checks at the end of our last session. What I'm going to have you do, um, Pine, I want you to make a perception check with disadvantage. That is an 11. Pine, what are you dreaming about? <laughs> this is going to be one of those weird ones where like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm headed somewhere specifically and it feels really uh, normal. Like everything makes perfect sense in the dream but like what i'm actually doing is you know chasing down people trying to i don't know give them hot dog i don't know give them hot dogs or something <laughs> yeah it's, it's a hot dog dream it's a hot it's dog a, it's oh, a recurring yeah. oh. one that pine has where he's he's very fervently like chasing people down because they forgot their hot dogs and he's taken them to them oh the classic and you have hot dog fingers too <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> With the breeze kind of like going through his legs while he's sleeping naked with the silk sheets and everything. <laughs> Is Pine yelling out in the middle of the night, don't forget the mustard. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Farron with initiative 20. It is his turn. Now, Farron does not know that you are there, Nari. So what he is going to do is as he's got his whip in one hand and his blackjack in the other hand, um, he is going to, I mean, he can't attack with the whip because uh, that would make a big loud whipping sound. So instead, he is going to carefully wrap the whip around Roos's neck, choking off the air, and then he is going to smack Roos with the club. Oh my god, that's not look consensual. <laughs> uh, no, no. Hardvark! Hardvark! <laughs> he gets advantage on this roll. Oh my gosh, that's terrible. Oh my gosh. Uh, what's your AC, Roos, without armor on? Without armor, it's 15. Oh, jeez. Oh my gosh, he rolled a 12 with advantage. Oh. <laughs> Does that mean I wake up? Yeah, okay, so here's the deal. So you will wake up, yes. But you have this... Um, this whip around your neck. I need you to um, make a uh, an escape check. Um, difficulty 15. Acrobatics or dexterity? 
Uh, acrobatics. Oh no, I only got a 10. Then I need you to make an intelligence save. Again, difficulty 15. Oh, that's not great. But I got a 19. Okay, so you are not stunned. That's good. He's very used to being woken up like this. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and He's like, not again. Typically, when he has something around his throat in his bedroom, he's hanging in the closet, though. <laughs> he's like, Thursday already? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Did okay. you guys ever watch Game Over, man? Yes. Oh, man. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> not recommended for our younger viewers. It has Dill McHale in it, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was in that. Yeah, yeah. Roos, it is your turn. You wake up. You see eye to eye. You see Farron. You can see him trying to hit you with this blackjack as you feel that the whip come around your neck. You you manage to dodge aside. It's still around your neck. You can feel power coursing through it, but you manage to not get stunned and actually dodge aside from the um, from the blackjack. So you are um, you're grappled, but you're not stunned. Okay, I am going to first off say. Mr. Pine, wake up. There was an excursion that wasn't on the list. We have some late night fun. <laughs> <laughs> and Roos is going to reach his hand out and have and uh, take the chakram from Squire and strike out at Farron. Now, when I'm restrained, am I at disadvantage? Well, you're grappled. Are you restrained or grappled? That's the question. Just grappled. Just grappled. Then grappled, you should be fine. You should have normal attack. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh. I got a nat oh one. So that's a miss. Oh, jeez. No. <laughs> we are starting out this session with some huge rolls. I got a nat 20 on my initiative, but I was snoozing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pull Gigi out and I'm going to say, Gigi, get him. And my bonus action, I'm going to have Gigi go and try and get him with her blue tongue. Oh, gosh. A 22 to hit. Yeah, that will definitely hit. For eight force damage. Eight force damage to Farron. Okay. And that will be my turn. Okay. All right. That will bring us now, after Roos's turn, to Richter. Richter, I need you to make a perception check with disadvantage. Okie dokie. I am just snoozing away in the other room, and I rolled a nine. And you continue to snooze away. Just happy. Well, you don't ask him what he's dreaming? <laughs> Okay. Yeah, what's Richter? What are you dreaming about? Swords, swords, swords. Yeah, it's all about swords. He's he's like he sees this like long, slender sword with this golden handle, and he's like, "Why, hello there." The sword looks over at him and nods, and he's like, "Do you come here often? <laughs> You're so sharp." And the sword that he's married to and is there with him is like, "What? What are you doing?" And then he eats a sword for dinner. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all it's it's very weird. It's very weird. I'm not gonna lie. Oh my gosh, that's so fun. Dreams are the best. Look at the forging <laughs> on that. He's like, I mean, I'd I'd handle that hilt any day. <laughs> and then the sword he came with is like, you used to say that about me. Um, okay. <laughs> he's like, you're not even full tang. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the sword pours a drink in his lap and walks out. <laughs> It's like, babe, babe, come back. Come back, babe. Yeah, like a hot rod. <laughs> babe, babe, babe. I totally babe. see Richter. Richter is totally the kind of guy who would call his wife or his girlfriend babe. Oh, <laughs> totally. my gosh. Babe, come back. Come back, babe. 
All right. Uh, well, okay, Richter, you continue to snooze. Um, Nari, that brings us to you. You are standing right behind Farron. Um, he still does not know that you are there. Okay, I am going to go in with my axe and attack uh, 14 to hit. That will miss. Okay, I'm going to go in again with a nat 20 to hit for 30. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. And then I rolled a 10, so that should be 26 damage. Oh my gosh. And then I get a swing another time. And that's a 21 to hit. Yes. For nine damage. And I am going to use my Axe of the Adjudicator and try to get this guy to take a knee. Uh, so he's going to make a DC 13 wisdom. He rolled a natural six and uh, he got a 12. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Get wrecked. All right. So grovel to his knees. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, that is that is something else. My goodness. Okay. All right. Um That's my turn for now. <laughs> all right. Um that brings us now back up to the top of the round pine. You wake up in your bed. You see this um, uh, monkey-tailed, thin, good-looking man with a dark ponytail who just got clobbered by an axe and now has kind of a slack look in his eyes as he is going to kneel down to accept his fate. Okay, so um, before before Pine realizes all this, he'll say, uh, having heard Roos uh, call out for GG, he'll be in his bed and he'll say, Roos, did you seriously pull out your lizard in a room you're sharing with somebody else? You're going to go blind, man. <laughs> <laughs> then he'll open his eyes and see what's going on. And they'll be like, whoa. And he'll um, <laughs> hop up completely nude. And of course, his uh, his sword is underneath his pillow. No, no. His sword is on the pillow next to him laying there as if it was a woman. <laughs> it's a Minaree's thing. He and Richter have that in common. <laughs> he can relate to Richter, yeah. And so I think item interaction will be to draw my sword, but then for my action, I'm also going to pick up my cane, and then I'm going to go um, surround uh, this um, surround Farron on the other side over by by Nari. Okay. Actually, no. By I'm going to stand up on the bed. I'm going to stand up on uh, Roos's bed next to Roos, um, so I can kind of be there and like maybe cut the whip if I need to. Okay, well, that now brings us to Farron. Farron, um, he doesn't let go of the whip, so it is still around Roos. But he does look at Nari and drop down to one knee and bow his head before Nari. And you can see right at the very end as he kind of drops his head, his eyes go big like, what am I doing? Like he just barely realized what he is doing. But he's like, Ardvark, Ardvark, Ardvark. <laughs> his turn is now <laughs> over, and that will bring us to Roos. Do I need to make an intelligence save again because it's around my neck still? Or Yes, you do. Yes, yes, you do. Oh, man. Let's. Oh, I got an. Go ahead and add four to that because uh, you're within 10 feet of me. Oh, I got. I rolled an 11, but plus four is 15. Um, I'm pretty sure that, oh, that barely saves. <laughs> nice. Oh my gosh. So I'm going to strike out at him with 
the chakram again. Actually, no, I'll do the the dagger. So I'll do item interaction, uh, pull my dagger, and then. Uh, and you have advantage on these because he is kneeling. My goodness. <laughs> I rolled a one and a three, so I got a 14. Roos is just having a hard time. You know, you, you look in you look in Farron's eyes and you just can't you can't forget all the good times. It's true. Let the good times roll. To be fair, that is quite a way to be woken up. Yeah, it's pretty hard when you wake up. I mean, pine's hard right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do an offhand strike with my chakram to see if I can hit him. That one should hit. I got a 27 to hit. That will hit, yes. For eight psychic damage and 11 precision. So 19 damage. Wowzers. And that will be my turn. Okay. Roos, your <laughs> turn is up. Um, Richter. It's your turn. All right. Let's see if I wake up again this time. Yes. Ooh, this time I rolled a 21. You hear commotion coming through the wall. Your your room is down a different hall, but it shares a wall with Roos and Pine's room. And you can hear some serious commotion going on uh, uh, on the other side of this wall. And it coincides with your dream. So right when the sword that you were on the date with slaps you, you wake up. <laughs> He's like... But it's a scimitar. They make me want to scimitar. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, <laughs> it's no wonder that Richter is single. Oh, yeah. If that's the kind of pickup lines you got. Oh, geez. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Um, he Hearing the commotion, he's going to roll out of bed and just grab his uh, sword and sheath. Okay. Um, which is just kind of resting on the wall next to him. He won't have his armor on or anything, and he's just going to hop out into the hall and head down. Let's see. How f- you can move about, I'd say, two or three. Yeah, you can get right about there. But actually, before... Wait, stop. Just a second. Just a second. Just a second. Go back up to your door, because you've got... Let's say you've got 20 feet more of movement after that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. You see that there's somebody in the hallway. It's a, a, a youngish man, like in his 30s, um, but he's kind of uh, kind of looking around the corner of this hall, uh, kind of at the commotion as you come out. So there's somebody else that's actually out here in the, in, in the ship. He's, uh, I think, inherently Richter doesn't trust him, um, but he's going to play a little bit dumb. So he'll, he's going to have his sword, or like his hand on the sword hilt, And he's going to walk up to this guy and say, what's all the commotion about over there, friend? Is that your whole turn? Uh, Yeah, well, if I can, I'd like to ready an action to uh, to attack this person. If he if he tries to run away from me or uh, tries to attack me. With non-lethal, if it comes to that. All right. Well, it is now this person's turn. He hears you come up behind him and he says, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go see what's going on down there. And he is not running away from you, but he is moving away from you. Uh, I mean, I think, does he have weapons? Uh, he's got, uh, it looks like he's got a, uh, like a, a, a thin curved blade at his waist. And, um, oh, a scimitar. Uh, maybe. How you feeling, Richter? Oh, really nice. So that's a fine blade, sir. You know what they say. I always say it makes me want a scimitar. 
<laughs> yeah, it looks like he's got some like he's got like a cloak on, but you can see a, a blade at his waist. That's what you can see. Um, if you make a perception check, I'll let you see maybe potentially more. Oh, I, I totally want to see more. Uh, only rolled an eleven though, so yeah. Well, it's pretty dark down here. Like the the hallways are not really well lit um, down here, especially at night. Um, so this person kind of walks away from you, just not running, just kind of moving away from you. And it's funny that you said you wanted to see more, but uh, because that's actually his name. It's Seymour. Um, actually, oh, actually, his name is not Seymour. Um, Pine and Roos. Farron is standing in front of you. Nari is um, on the other side of the bed, on the other side of Farron. Um, and stepping in the hallway right behind Nari, you see a shape. I want um, Roos and uh, Pine to make perception checks. Nari, your back is turned because you're focusing on Farron. Uh, Pine rolled a 23. Roos got a 16. You both recognize this figure. Uh, Pine, you, you, you catch on just a little bit quicker um, than Roos does with your 23. Um, you see a well-dressed young man um, with dark hair. He's got a sword in his hand that he has drawn as he has walked down this hallway. And Pine, you recognize him as the butler of Renato Pello. Oh, damn it. <laughs> and I think your first thought is, what the hell is this guy doing here? I know. As he strikes Nari three times. Okay, Nari, you've got three attacks coming your way. Um, each of these gets a plus eight. So we have two scimitar attacks. We've got a 17 or a 10. Uh, the 17 will hit. So that fir- that first attack with the scimitar is going to deal then uh, that's going to be uh, six slashing damage plus 11 poison damage. So a total of 17 damage from the uh, scimitar. And then in his other hand, oh, crack, out cracks a whip and it is going to try to strike you again and only a, only a 10 to hit. My rolls are terrible today. Holy cow. Um, I feel like Roos. Sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> Poor thing. Nari, there is somebody behind you who has just attacked you. And then um, after after those attacks, then he barks out to Farron. He says, Farron, on your feet. And then Farron will get a free action. Uh, and with that, even though he is in the process of groveling Nari, a whip comes cracking out at you uh, for a 15. Does that hit you? Sorry, yes, it does hit me without my armor. The whip comes off of Roos's neck and comes cracking down at you. It is going to deal um, 2d10 plus 4, which is going to be a total of 16 damage. Holy crap. Followed by, I need you to make an intelligence saving throw difficulty 15. I really feel like I'm being attacked here, but I did get 19. So. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Plus four. Okay, so nice. you are not stunned either. Wait, and sorry, how much damage did he do to me? 16? 16, 16 uh, slashing damage, yes. Okay. Okay. All right, and with that, um, this young butler who, somewhere in the back of your mind, uh, Pine, you remember the name Azario. Um, his turn is over. Nari. It is your turn. You've just been struck by a whip uh, from the man groveling in front of you. And also there is somebody behind you with a sword and a whip who is attacking you. 
Okay, I think I'm going to uh, leave Roost to his lover and turn around and attack this gentleman in the doorway. Okay. Uh, so that is a 20 to hit. That will hit. For a 20 to hit for 18 damage. Okay. And then a 28 to hit for yeah. 11 damage. Okay. And one more time, an 18 to hit. That will hit. That'll hit. Okay, cool. For 17 damage. Jeez, you <laughs> hit like a truck. Ow. And honestly, I'm kind of pissed off, so I think I'm just going to use my second wind and just go for it again. Or my action surge, sorry. Uh, and go for it again, because he, he pissed me off. That was not cool. Uh, does 13 hit? Nope. Okay. Well, that's not starting off great. Oh, my God. And then I had rolled that one. <laughs> oh, oh, geez. That will miss oh, as well. No. Oh, I let my rage take over, and I really needed to calm down. How about 15? No. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh. All right, well, I think we all learned a valuable lesson here. <laughs> rage works well for your older brother, but not for Nari. That's awesome. All right, Nari, your turn is up. Uh, we are going to move back up to the next round. Um, at the top, we have Pine with initiative 24. Pine, you have Farron, who is on his knees in front of you, kind of looking up with a panicked look at you. And we have Nari. I mean, especially considering the view. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I forgot. Yes. And then um, you have Nari behind you, who is facing off against a new opponent. Okay, well, I'm going to try to quickly um, subdue Farron. Again, I will be going um, non-lethal if it comes to it. So for my first attack with my Taborism... No, first, I'm going to say... Just be aware, if you use magic, it can't be non-lethal. Oh, I was going to wake everybody up by doing thunder damage, but... Oh. <laughs> yes, I'm, gonna, I'm going to say... The storm blossoms and is restless, rending sky. So and I'll do the rending sky technique. And then, um, so now my attacks. And if I hit, then there will be a thunderclap. Uh, first is a 26. I rolled a 16, but I'm going to add 10 to it. Okay, very good. Well, why don't you go ahead and roll some damage? Okay, so that'll be 8 piercing, 5 cold, 7 radiant, 7 thunder. And on top of that, I'll say, Unleash with precision, Swordmaster's Fury. And do, oh, God, I rolled 2d8 and I got a 2 and a 1. So with 3 additional radiant damage. <laughs> So here, here, here's what I'm going to say. You, this was so much overkill <laughs> that he, <laughs> he drops and is bleeding profusely, um, like bleeding from the ears from the thunderclap. Um, yeah, I mean, it is loud in this tiny cabin. Just boom. We're going to have Farron, I think, make some death saving throws. All right. Pine, you've got one more attack. I do. So now I will move around. I'll hop down off the bed and everything will jiggle a little bit as I land. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to go over beside Nari and I'll say, hey, Nari, how you doing? And I'm going to attack the uh, butler and I'm going to say, Azario, right? That was your name. What are you doing here? And I will uh, go ahead and take my second attack. That's a dirty 20 to hit. And that will hit. Yes. Uh, for 12 piercing, three cold, five radiant, and uh, a second level, Unleash with Precision, Swordmaster's Fury, for an addition, oh, again, a one, a three, and a four, so eight damage on 3d8. Okay. This is fun. That's my turn. 
Okay, Pine, your turn is over. We have uh, Farron is going to make a death saving throw. Uh, that's one in the positive. Okay, and that brings us now to after the thunderclap. Um, Richter, you're kind of standing by the stairs, um, kind of at the at the bottom of the stairs that lead back up to the top, up to the um, above the. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? To the higher decks. Yeah, you're standing at the stairs uh, that lead back up on top of the on the on the top deck. You can just barely, out of the corner of your eye, see movement up there, uh, up on top of the up on the top deck. Um, and as you um, glance up there, you see this figure. I'm going to show you real quick. You see um, an old woman uh, bent with age, and she kind of hobbles over to the top of the stairs and looks down at you, seeing you, and points a finger at you, and I'm gonna need you to... Oh, I don't like this. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so she points down at you, Richter, and there are gonna be three blasts of this arcane energy come streaking out of her hand. And three blasts and eight to each of these rolls. That's gonna be, ooh, a natural 20, a 23, and a 27. I'm pretty sure all of those hit. hit. Yeah, Whoa. I'm pretty sure all those are gonna hit, yeah. Okay, that is going to be the first one. Wait, so the natural 20s, we'll, we'll save the natural 20 for last. Okay. I don't like this. Uh, 24 for the first one. Good Holy grief. crap. No, wait, no, uh, no, scratch that. 28. The second blast is only 13. And the last blast is 31. Holy crap. Boom, boom, boom. I am in rough state, guys. Holy cow. Um, you hear this frail uh, voice call down and say, Azario, we must get away. And then it is Roos's turn. Roos, you see your ex-boyfriend here bleeding on the floor of your room. All he wanted was his Tedward albums back. And, uh, and then he would have left you alone. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. That's why he jumped <laughs> us in an alley a couple days ago, too. <laughs> Bruce is going to step over him and say, if Jaffa is with you, you'll be alive when we're done here. And he will attack Asario. Okay. For a 24 to hit. That will hit. That does 10 radiant and uh, 15 precision. So 25 damage on that strike. Okay. And then I'll have uh, Gigi fly into the hallway to him, uh, to, to next to Azario, and attack. Okay. And she got a uh, 25 to hit. That will hit, yes. For 7 damage. Okay. Not bad. And that will be my turn. Yeah, Azario's looking like he's taking a beating. Alright, uh, very good. Roos, your turn is up. Richter, it is your turn. You are kind of separate from everybody else. You're at the bottom of this staircase that leads up to the upper deck, and you can see this uh, this uh, venerable woman who just blasted you with arcane power. Um, like, an insane amount of arcane power just blasting down at you. Um, 
And you can hear commotion going on following that man that you were talking to earlier. Um, you can hear like fighting and sword play um, and a big thunderclap. So what are you going to do, Richter? Do you go up the stairs after this woman? Do you go around the corner or do you run for your life? Um, quick question. Um, are we... How are we handling potion interactions? Is that an, an action or is that a bonus action? I think we've always done it as a bonus action. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, I think what I'm going to do is... Uh, I mean, this this could be real stupid, but Richter is pissed and he's going to head up the stairs after this lady. Can he make it there Careful, don't let your anger consume you, Richter. Can Is she within 30 feet? Yeah, this is five feet of movement right to here. She was literally standing right at the top of the stairs. So you can literally you go up the stairs five feet and you're now on the upper deck and you can see that she's standing right there at the at the uh, at the top of the stairs. OK, um, Richter is going to to rush up the stairs and make a couple attacks with Kinnig's S-Dock. Yeah, Kennig's kind of powered up S-Dock at this point. It It is indeed. Um, and so the first hit will be a 27 to hit. That will hit. And this will deal uh, 16 damage, 5 fire damage as this burst of flame erupts as it makes contact. And we are going to also cry out oh no are you gonna set the airship on fire <laughs> <laughs> well one of the spells she could have done was lightning bolt and then she decided against it <laughs> yeah, that would have set things on fire yes yeah exactly um so he yells out lord astroman calls you to his uh to await his judgment and he will do a banishing smite on her for an extra 25 force damage oh my gosh whoa And if she now has fewer than 50 hit points, she is now teleported to a different plane of existence for one minute. Richter, you (laughs) your your S-Dock glows with this power and lights up with flame. And as you strike this woman, um, definitely the oldest woman you've ever hit um, (laughs) as you strike her. (laughs) Make it sound like you strike women a lot. That is such a weird description. <laughs> this is definitely the oldest woman you've ever hit. She's so old. Just downright feeble. <laughs> That's why I said it. That's why I said it. Well, she looks feeble, but you know that the power that she's wielding is not feeble at all. You know that your blade strikes true, and you know that this this skill that you learned from the, from the eastern sky, um, that it should work, and yet it does not as she has more than 50 hit points left. Good grief. Okay, um, well then I'll make my second attack. 22 to hit. That will hit. For 15 uh, piercing damage and 11 fire damage. And I will also yell out, uh, you have been judged and found guilty. Swordmaster's justice. And we'll go ahead and do a... uh, Let's see. A fifth level smite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fifth level smite. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is a 6d8 for another 38 damage. Oh, what? oh my gosh. 
You just dealt 110 damage total <laughs> to a little old lady. Richter, how do you feel as you strike this woman and she crumples to the ground, reaching for her life alert button? So good. I feel really good about this. And I... Help, I've fallen. I've fallen. I can't get up. You knocked her off of her jazzy. Oh, God. Oh. And since uh, since that was five feet of movement, I'm going to use the rest of my movement to go back down the stairs. Okay. And try to... Uh, okay. And then I'm going to go 15, uh, 20, 25, 30, and move down the hall towards the rest of the group. Can I just say how amazing... You did 6d8 for that smite, and three of them were eights, and the other one was a seven. That was huge damage. Yeah, that was amazing. Oh my gosh. Um, what if I can also do just one thing as I'm running, I'm yelling, there's more on the deck as I get closer to the room. <laughs> All right. Very good. As you get closer to the room, uh, it, you see this young man that you had seen in the hallway earlier. You see he has been fighting. It looks like he's um he's got some cuts on him. Uh, it looks like Nari has been dealing some blows. Pine has been dealing some blows. Even uh, Roos has managed to get in there, even with his terrible rolls, and uh, affect this young man, Azario. Azario looks to the left, seeing you running towards him, Richter. Looks back uh, straight ahead at, at Nari, and instantly the whole area is filled with darkness just black as can be richter and pine you guys have dark vision and still you cannot see a thing so you guys can feel and hear this person moving i will let each of you make an attack of opportunity as this person moves past you but it has to be a disadvantage yeah we'll we'll go ahead and give it a shot pine only got a 13 uh, Richter also got a 13. Nari got a 12. Roos got a 13. Dude, that's three 13s and a 12. So did it, so okay, so nobody hit this guy as he runs past. You uh, Richter, you can see feel him kind of like barrel past you, um, but still you manage to swing out and miss. Um, and it is so dark in here that no one can see anything. Um Nari, it is your turn. You are standing. You assume you're in the doorway, but it is so black uh, and dark in this area. Um, okay, I think then at that point, I am actually just going to um, heal myself a little bit um, and just attempt to make myself feel a little bit better. And I'll hold an action in case anything, um, anything sus suspicious passes by me. But I'm not going to walk around swinging in the dark. Very good. All right, back up to the top of the round. Pine, it's your turn with an, uh, initiative 24. We scared that guy so bad he inked us like an octopus. <laughs> uh, actually, Pine will say, don't worry, everybody, I got this. And he's going to pull out his, well, actually, no, he's got to go find it. Um, he's going to fumble around for his bag and find his red candle and cast the spell Daylight on this darkness. Okay, so it is dark, so... Um, I mean, you would know where you put it. I'd say I'd say you could get it out and you could you could disperse the darkness, uh, the daylight. If that's my whole thing, my whole action, my whole turn would be that if that's possible. Yeah. So now it's going to be just this room then, right? Because walls will block it. So let me check. Because I'm pretty I think actually what it says is that it will disperse magical darkness. Um, 
If any of this spell's area overlaps with an area of darkness created by the spell of third level or lower, the spell that created the darkness is dispelled. So I'm going to cast it in this room. Oh, so our room is lit up like daylight, but um, the uh, and now, now the darkness is dispelled. Yeah, it sounds like it dispels all the darkness, not just where the light touches. It just dispels the whole spell. <sighs> all right, everybody, go get at it. For somehow this lighting looks better on you. I, I don't know what what's happening. Take it in, everybody. Take it in. <laughs> uh, something about an old wrinkly man standing out in the sun. Fine, that was your turn. Uh, Farron is going to make a death saving throw. A 19. That's two in the positive. He is about to stabilize. All right. And we'll skip the poor little old lady up at the top who was just trying to figure out what was going on down here and saw a suspicious character. Uh, Roos, it is your turn. Roos, you are standing in your bedroom. Uh, Nari is standing there, um, kind of in the in the doorway, uh, but you uh, you don't see that uh, that man who was attacking you, Azario, the butler of Renato. Hello. For uh, the item interaction, Roos is going to bend down and pick up the whip and the um, sap and say, I hope we do get to talk again soon and and step out of the room and see this 510. Oh, man, we didn't see where the guy went. Uh, I'm going to run. I guess I, the furthest I could get down the hall would be past Richter. That's did I count right? 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. That's 30 feet. And I can see him just around the corner from me. Yep, looks like he's just about to head up the stairs. Yes. So is he within range? I mean, I can barely see him. Yeah, you, I, yeah he's right. He's around the corner. So um, so since there's the wall in the way, I, I'm going to give him a bonus to his AC of plus two. Uh, Roos will strike out with his actually. Yeah, yeah. With his uh, dagger. OK. And I got a 20 to hit. Uh, Roos, as you strike out, suddenly in your mind's eye, you see kind of superimposed over this figure fleeing from you kind of this big, large golden scale. And it starts to, on one side, drop just a little bit. I need you to roll a D10 and subtract it from 20. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I forgot that you made a terrible deal with a god. A seven. So a 13 on that to hit. So that will miss. Okay, then bonus action. I'm going to throw my chakram at him. And that was an 11 to hit, so that misses as well. But I'm going to I'm gonna shout out, he's right here around the corner. Okay. That will now bring us to Richter. Okay. Richter is going to burn his last spell slot and say, The Frozen Blade spells disaster. Frigid Retribution stance. And give himself 25 bonus hit points. Oh my gosh. <laughs> nice. Warlocks, man. He will charge around the corner and uh, have some attacks at this guy trying to run away. Hold on really quick. Is is that a bonus action or is it a full action? Oh, that's a full action. You're right. That's a full action. No, you're fine. Uh, I will still run uh, over this way and see if I can't maybe get in front of his path to the stairs. <laughs> Uh, and the stairs are kind of wide. He can go past you, but more than likely he'll be able to slip past you potentially, unless you can strike him with a re- with like a reaction. Very good. It is now Azario's turn. Azario is going to attempt to um, flee past you. Let me check one thing real quick. Sorry, <laughs> that is such a bad idea. <laughs> oh, I think it'll be okay. 
No, it's not gonna be okay. <laughs> Never mind. Sorry, I'm looking at this spell. Yeah, bad idea. Um, anyway, um, okay. Um, Roos. Azario leaves your threat range as he tries to shuffle past Richter and up onto the deck. Um, Richter, he's gonna move past you as well. So you guys both get attacks of opportunity. Roos got a nat 20. Oh my gosh. Nice. Oh, nice. <laughs> okay. That would be uh, 17 radiant damage, 28 precision. Okay. For whatever that maths out to. Uh, huge damage. All right, uh, Richter, he's moving past you. This guy just took a huge hit. I I had rolled in. Yeah, right before uh, Roos's data took up all of our uh, Dean or our <laughs> roll 20 screen. And none of it was helpful. Couldn't read any of it. I rolled an 18 to hit. Okay, and, and with his reaction, he swings his scimitar aside, uh, back behind you and attempts to parry your blow, your roll 18. So he gets a 19 to his AC and manages to move past you. So that's oh, five, 10... 15, 20, 25, 30. He didn't use his action, did he? No, he did not. Otherwise, I was wondering why he didn't disengage. Um, and that will now bring us up to, or down to Nari uh, with her initiative of four. It is your turn, Nari. You can see again. Um, you've got... Um, still Farron laying on the floor in here. You've got uh, Pine standing naked, kind of close by. You can see Gigi floating out in the hallway, um, and you hear the sounds of running footsteps. Uh, yeah, hearing Roos shout something, Nari is going to take any advantage to run out of the room uh, with Pine's nudity. Okay. <laughs> Into the hallway here, and she'll, she'll shout kind of over her shoulder, be like, make sure that one glancing at Farron doesn't like, you know, pull anything fast on you. As you run into the hall, as you run into the hall real quick, uh, you can see that the door across the way opens up and Gerard's standing up and he's like, my friends, what's going on? <laughs> no time to talk, Gerard. Is that Porthos in the room behind him? <laughs> yes, it is. He squeezed through a five-foot doorway? <laughs> you can see behind Gerard that there is this massive woolly ox just chilling in this room. This room, this is the other uh, big room in the airship, and it is uh, it's, uh, uh, it is filled up with a woolly ox. All right, Sonar, you've used five feet of movement. I am convinced that Gerard knows enlarge reduce. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I'm going to use my movement to run up uh, by Roos and Richter here, and I'll just say, which way did they go? Up the stairs. If you want to use the rest of your, you can you can use your action to move again and get upstairs if you want to. Yeah, I'm going to use my dash action to move, to try to follow them. Um, you get up to the top of the stairs. Um, Nari, make a uh, quick um, perception check. As you get to the top of the stairs, you see this, you see this crumpled old, very, um, just kind of uh, pathetic looking figure of this, uh, pathetic, not like she's pathetic, but just, just small and tiny and frail lying dead at the top of the stairs. Oops, sorry. I rolled wisdom, but so that should be 24. 24. Um, Nari, as you get to the top of the stairs, you glance uh, towards the, uh, towards one side of the ship, just as you see a figure um, leap over the gunnel and off the ship and out into the air above 
the country of Rakolia. And with that, we are going to cue victory music. I could throw a chakra, madam. Uh, (laughs) Falling is very fast. So um, I think by the time you got up here and looked over the side, he would probably be out of range. Okay. We learned falling was fast when I said that a member when I said a rock took like eight seconds to fall and you guys were like, whoa, hey, now <laughs> that's like that's like 40,000 feet Remember? So now it's my turn. Hey, <laughs> hey, now, guys, come on. Six seconds of falling is a long ways. <laughs> OK, well, very good. So here's what we have. We have um, Narius up on the deck. Nari, you can see. That the captain, um, this kind of uh, older man, white hair and beard, he's, he's kind of like holding his head and kind of shaking it as he's standing at the uh, at the wheel. And uh, as he kind of looks around and realizes what's going on, he, he he shakes his head and he starts turning the wheel to get the ship back on course. Um, Pine and Roos and Richter, you guys are still down below. I think uh, Gerard closes the door again and goes back to bed. Um, and you have... Um, you have Farron uh, here on the ground. Uh, Pine, actually, I guess maybe we should stay in initiative just for a little bit longer because Farron does need to still make uh, death saving throws. But Pine, it's your turn before before uh, Farron gets to make that saving throw. Okay, Pine is seeing him now. Like um, Pine doesn't know what's going on. Like Pine doesn't know the fight's over. So he would actually ignore Farron on the ground and come out and, well, he'd grab a blanket as he's coming out of the hallway that's so that's five feet. Let me go. He would come up here. How did you find the smallest blanket in the entire room? I was looking for a blanket, but I found a hand towel. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and he kind of to Richter and he, and he said, and he'll say, um, what is he? Uh, can I see the dead woman? Uh, did you go upstairs? Where are you at? No, well, I, uh, I, I have the, the distance to go upstairs if I wanted to. You Right now, you cannot see the dead woman. No, the dead woman is up on the, t- on the deck. I'm going to go up right next to, to uh, maybe the last of my movement to come up onto the stairs there next to Richter. So if I can see up the stairs and see a dead woman at the top of the stairs, can I? You, you, what you see is you see, you see um, Nari's legs, and then you see a crumpled form just past Nari. Okay. All right, so I'll say I'll just say where 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 did he go, um, and uh, I'll wait there, ready to attack anything as soon as Richter tells me or anybody tells me where he went. Uh, Farron is going to make another death saving throw, and with that, we can now leave initiative as Farron has stabilized with another nineteen. So I make really good saving throws, <laughs> really good rolls. When it's like, is this guy going to die? As Lady Jaffa. <laughs> that's right. Yep. Okay. Uh, very. So here, that's where we are. So. Um, what the devil happened? What was that all about? What happened to that old lady up there? Well, I killed her. What? <laughs> you see that Richter looks messed up. <laughs> like, just, just beat to hell, basically. Yeah. I to, to let you guys know, I dropped. She, I have... I mean, you, I know you don't like to know our, our stats, Paul, but I, we're OK at this point because we're not in the middle of the fight anymore. But yeah. Yeah, I, I, have, I have 80 hit points at max and she did 72 points oh of damage. To Whoa. Oh, <laughs> oh, my Brady gosh. Brady had to go. 
So that I recognized that guy. He was, uh, he worked for Renato Pello. He was his butler. We, uh, liberated him of a few Ormex slaves. <laughs> really? The, so the butler came after you? The butler did it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then walking up the stairs, I, I, I guess I never saw, I never saw the, the cook, so. No, you just see this. But I'm assuming that's the cook. Not just some, like, again, a witch who was just on her way to, to Minerus. I'm going to Minerus. <laughs> uh, no, she is not going to meet her coven. No. Roos is going to go back in the room and check on Farron. You see that Farron has stabilized. Uh, the bleeding, I mean, he's still bleeding, but the door's closed. I can't get in there. Can't you open it? Click the door, dude. Click the door, dude. It's, oh, weren't. That's so weird to be able to do that. I just. <laughs> yeah, for anyone listening, we use Roll20 as our virtual tabletop. They don't sponsor us, but hey, Roll20, check it out. Sponsor us. Sponsor us, dude. (laughs) Sponsor us. Just do it. Everybody's doing it. (laughs) They recently introduced doors. And so now with the maps, when I I do all the dynamic lighting, I can put a little icon there that's a door. And when they click it, it actually opens the door and it removes the, 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 it makes it so you can actually see through it. It's, it's really a very cool, um, update for Roll20. So I'm very happy with that. All right. Um, uh, Roos, you go back into the bedroom. And uh, you see um, Farron laying on the floor uh, with blood um, and just bruising already starting to show on his face and on his arms. His tail lies limp. (laughs) Okay. Roos is going to bend down and check for a pulse. Yeah. uh, Make a medicine check. I'm not trained in this. Ooh, but I got a 13. I'd say with a 13, you can tell that he is breathing. you can see his chest rise and fall. Um, and you can see just the tiniest little twitch at the tip of his tail. Roos is going to um, take off his armor and anything that's in his pockets and then tie him up. All right. Pine will come back into the room while Roos is doing that to put some clothes on. Yeah, you see uh, Farron getting tied up. Um, it looks like this is something that Roos has done before. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I was there. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm talking, get your minds out of the gutter. I'm talking about in this podcast, guys. (laughs) Golly. So, Roos, did he he make it? He did. He'll survive. I was trying to pull my punches. I know he's, if not important to you, at least he's, you know, somebody that you know and at one point cared about. But I felt like I needed to wake everybody because... They were benefiting from secrecy. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I I think I was ready to pull my punches too, but I don't know. I've got mixed feelings. On one hand, I do care about him, but... He's a mercenary. If this were just a hired thug coming to kidnap one of us that we didn't know, I'm sure any one of us would leave him bleeding to death in a gutter. <laughs> I left it up to fate, and he did survive. So, maybe there's something, there's something to that. Maybe, but Roos, you have power in this situation. If you wanted to end his life right now, I wouldn't stop you. But it'd be your choice. You're really quick to give, to give away all the credit, and I don't want you to start giving away all the responsibility either. (laughs) Well, what would you do? If I kill him now, he will never come and chase me again. And he won't try and interfere with us trying to our with our goal of of ending inevitability. But if I do kill him, that's me deciding to end his life. 
That's right. It would be your choice to decide to end his life. Or at me, I'm a softy, but again, I'm a military man. We killed on the battlefield, but once the battle was over, we took hostages. We traded prisoners. My, if it were, if it were me in your position, tying him up, putting him somewhere where he definitely can't come after us, that would be what I would prefer, but this is, this is about you, not about me. He's coming for you. The rest of us are just in his way. Yeah. I think, I think given the news we've received from Tabory, I don't know if there's going to be enough financial backing to fin- to pay for this contract, given the walloping that, uh, that Tenna's people took. This is true. Maybe I'll talk to him about it and I'll let him decide what I do with him. Do you think there's any way to reason with him? I mean... Not unless, not unless Howling Talon retracts the contract. I guess it's a, it's a sense of honor in a way, but... You know, his, his duties to the contract, but I just can't get over the fact that that contract is money. So he, ultimately, his, his duty is to money, which I can't get behind. Richter has kind of walked down the hall and has been overhearing some of this conversation. And when there's a pause, he interjects and he's trying to be as as serious and uh, sensitive about it as he can. But he basically says, if you would like me to dispatch this person, I am willing to to do that. I thought he was going to come in and say, hey, guys, I killed an old lady. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I just, I can kill this guy. I just killed an old lady and it was totally chill, so. <laughs> and it was really easy, so I think I could take this guy on. <laughs> I think I could take him. To be fair, him. it's really, I didn't realize how lucky Richter was that he got her in one round, because uh, she can do some serious damage. So, yeah, Richter, are you going to come in here and make a spooky boy? Spooky boy 2.0? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it- O- only if Bruce wants me to. Wouldn't wouldn't you have to have your, be a subject of your hexblade's curse? Uh, it's just whenever I slay a humanoid, I can. Oh, really? So you could have ris- you could have brought that old lady back. I could have done the old lady. It doesn't even say it's an action, which is what's weird. Okay, just part of that part of that killing blow just sucks their soul out. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, I mean, so. <sighs> Well, do what you want, Roos. If you want Richter to help you, that's fine. I mean, that they... they you're really, really focused on the, the Lord of Justice, and I don't know if you know about how um, the Lord of Justice is worshipped in, in, in Menarest, but it's... Um, it's punishments, just punishments. It's executions, and it's uh, it's accepted. But if you wanted to keep him alive and just give him one of those, you know, slow you down crystals and we could just throw him overboard, that'd be fine too. Does somebody have one of those? Does he? I don't know. Bruce will start picking through his pockets. Um, you see some crystals. Um, you see definitely some crystals in here. Um, you see that there's a whip. There's a sack um, of crystals. There's the sap itself that you've already taken off him. The armor that he is wearing uh, is leather armor. Um, it's nothing fancy. Um, you do see a sack full of gold um, and platinum and things like that. Um, a total of 
273 gold on him. Roos will take that. That'll almost pay for uh, for bringing the high speaker back to life. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, and then um, you um, you see that there is this sack of crystals. I'd say since you used to use these crystals, and you would definitely recognize like a. Are you thinking like Featherfall? Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. You would recognize a Featherfall crystal. However. I don't know how exactly this works in game, but you can't do that anymore. Like you, you don't have the, you're, you're so out of, out of, out of, um, out of uh, training that you know that he would have to do it himself. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's fine. Here's, here's what I'm going to do. I'll have Gigi heal him a little. I'll take all of his money, all of his crystals, all of his weapons and tools, and maybe his clothes, give him one Featherfall crystal Wake him up. It's not so bad being naked. <laughs> and, and and Pine is getting dressed right now, and actually he just put on a shirt and he's done. <laughs> <laughs> a very short shirt. Winnie the Pooh. Oh my gosh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Roos will throw him off the ship naked with just one Featherfall crystal. Give him a knife or something. He'll need to survive. Like, we're not over a city or anything. Oh, actually, make sure we're not over water either. That could be um, <laughs> disastrous. At, at this point, you you guys are one day out of Almar, so you guys are still like you're you're like not even you're not even one day out. You're probably like fifty miles outside of Almar. Um, so um, you're not exactly in un. Um, well, I mean, you're over like forests and stuff, but you know that the nearest civilization shouldn't be too far. Um, so when are you going to wake him up? Are you going to wake him up now, or are you going to wake him up up above right before you toss him over the side? How many days are we traveling? I think it, I think we said four. On day two, I'm going to throw him overboard. So you're going to let him... So day two starts in a, in a couple hours. So you're just going to let him sleep, like stay unconscious until he comes to naturally? Yeah, yeah. May, yeah, maybe that's the plan. When he comes to naturally, I'll tell him that this... I'll tell him that I'm going to throw him overboard. All right. Uh, he is laying... Or he is tied up and bound um, next to this bed. There is also somebody else who is um, dead on this ship um, as well. If you guys wanted to go do something about the dead old lady. I was going to say I would like to head upstairs and kind of uh, inspect her body and see if I can find any goods on there. Kind of loot a little bit. Yeah, Richter's going to go help. Yeah, um, as you as you start going through uh, her body... Uh, with an, you, I don't, you guys don't need to make an investigation check. She's not trying to actively hide anything. Um, you see that she's wearing like uh, just common clothes, just like a, a sturdy worker's clothes. You know, something that you might see like um, uh, somebody you know, like who does laundry, or maybe somebody who does like um, uh, like works you know as a server at like a tavern or something like that. Nothing fancy, nothing special. But you find a couple of pouches on her. One pouch is full of like. Um, odds and ends and trinkets and you realize it's like a spell component pouch um and the other pouch is full of platinum um you actually find in that pouch oh my gosh you find jeez you find 96 platinum holy cow oh my goodness yeah let's go you know nariu we don't have to tell them about this platinum we just found she just cashed in her social security check. <laughs> <laughs> the only person who would even know who this woman is, is Roos. 
and he has not been up to see her yet. So you find all this platinum on this random old lady that totally fried you, Richter. Um, and then you also find a spell book. And as you're looking through the spell book, she did call to her ally, though, too. So we know that she was with him. Yeah, she did. Um, and um, you see this spell book, though. And as you're kind of looking through it, why don't you... Um, one of you make an arcana check with advantage as you guys are both looking at it. I'm not great at arcana, are you? Uh, I mean, I have a very little bit of benefit on arcana. All right. Well, you should uh, use that benefit to our advantage. All right. We'll give this a shot. <laughs> I got a nine. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, it's this book looks like it's been used, like it's an old book. Um, you can tell it's a spell book of some kind, um, but it is almost completely full. And you can tell that like some of the earlier um, like spells in there are written um, with like a, 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 a sloppier hand. And then as you get further and further into the book, you can see that there is um, uh, the 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 penmanship gets more intricate and more um, elaborate and also very much more refined and careful. Um, and like I said, the spell book is almost full. Um, that's about all you can make out from this. I, I will say this. I don't know a whole lot about what's in this book, but clearly it is filled with information, which any uh, practitioner of the arcane arts would probably appreciate. So I'm going to take this along as well. I thought you were just going to leave it at the word information. There is a lot of writing on these pages, as you can clearly see. <laughs> There's clearly information here. Um, so the captain is there standing at the at the helm, and he's kind of still kind of rubbing his head a little bit. And he says, oh, oh there. Um, who's that woman? Who's that girl? <laughs> we, we were hoping you might be able to tell us. Said, well, she was a passenger, and she... She came up and she, I think she, I think she beguiled me. I think she, she, uh, what's the word for like cast a spell on me? She ensorcelled. Yeah. I think she ensorcelled. <laughs> no, that's the word you would use. That's exactly right. She said, I think, I think she ensorcelled me. I, I started turning the ship. It just seemed like the right thing to do. It's a legit word, guys. She, she ensorcelled me a little bit too. She was ensorceling everybody. It was wild. <laughs> Do you know anything about who she was um, as a passenger? Uh, he he uh, he kind of uh, he gets the ship kind of on the right path, and then he steps away and back behind. He kind of goes to this little hatch and he calls down in the hatch and he says, "Oh, get up here!" And then uh, a little bit later, a sailor comes up and actually takes over at the helm. And then he walks over to you, um, uh, Richter and Nari, and he says, "Let me get the manifest, and I'll, we'll, we'll see who this person is." Um, and he kind of motions for you guys to follow. And he takes you down into uh, the hold where you guys were before. Am, am I with them at this point? Um, I think that this is all happening at the same time. You guys are trying to decide what to do with um, with uh, Azar or with a uh, uh, Farron. Okay, perfect. Um, uh, the captain takes you around to his room, which is actually surprisingly small, um, kind of over around the corner um away on the other on kind of the opposite side of the ship from the nice fancy rooms that pine and and Rooster are using um and he takes you into this small little room a small little bed i mean he's not a very big guy anyway he's like i, I think i described him like three and a half feet tall not very big and he he reaches underneath the bed and pulls out this this big thick book and he starts to open it up and you can see like dates are written at the top and then he turns to the last page that has writing on it and he starts looking through and he says uh, uh, uh it says here her name is mona 
and she got on board with two men, uh, Theron and uh, Azario. And it looks like Azario paid for the whole trip. So they were heading to Kalinium uh, on business, they said. Yes, I think we may have been the business that they were uh, intending to deal with. Well, uh, where did you pick them up? Did you pick them up in Almar? Have they been on the ship for long or? Uh, yeah, my ship was empty. Uh, we, ha- we had a complete turnover in Almar. I just, I, I fly back and forth between Almar and Kalinium. This is kind of my route. Interesting. The expressway. <laughs> Occasionally I go across the strait to Barrister, but not very often. Understood. Well, uh, if any information comes to mind, any anything you noticed, any associates that you may have seen them dealing with or special requests that they made, if you could let us know, that would be very helpful. Uh, we want to make sure that we understand the nature of what it was and why they attacked us in the way that they did. Did any of them choose the vegetarian meal? <laughs> I think it would also be good if we could um, check their rooms just to make sure that they don't have anything malicious in there. Would you Would you mind giving us a key? Oh, well, well, certainly. He hands you a key and he, t- and he actually looks at the manifest again. He tells you which room is theirs. Um, it's just a small room. Actually, it's, it's actually the room right next to Richter's. Um, yeah. And then he says, uh, by the way, um, I think we need to get rid of the body. It's going to start to stink. Um, so... If anyone wants to say a few words, we're going to toss it overboard. Uh, that's no, that's no problem with me. I, I'd prefer it if you checked in with my, our comrades uh, in the basement before you got rid of it. There, there might be something important on there that we missed. Oh well, have them come talk to me then. I am the captain of this ship, as you know. And then he walks away, and then uh, goes up the stairs, back up to the to the top deck. All right. Um, and as that is happening, uh, Roos, you have finished kind of tying up Farron. You and Pine have finished your little conversation. Um, and what do you guys want to do? It's, it's early in the morning. It's got to be like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh, still dark out. Pine has put on the tiniest little briefs. <laughs> <laughs> well, shall we go find our colleagues? I mean, he's probably at work. Well, I don't trust him. I don't... Uh, I'll watch over and why don't you go find the others? All right, I'll go find the others. And Roos will, will step out onto the deck and, and look for the captain. Meanwhile, Pine will, um, will move Farron away, like back behind the bed, to the other side of the bed, so closer to the wall. And he will um, wad up some, some blanket to make a little pillow for underneath his head. Um, yeah, uh, Pine, why don't you make a medicine check as you're doing that? All right. It's a 19. 19. Okay. It looks like he is stable, but he is going to be out for hours more than likely. Like, like he will be, he will not wake up anytime soon. Okay. Yeah. So then, then I'm not worried then. I mean, mechanically too, it's, you wake up from unconsciousness after the allotted hours and you, you haven't got a long rest at that point. You'd still need a long rest to get any hit points back. You just wake up with zero hit points. So I did roll to see how many hours it's going to take him to wake up. And it's a long time. And with your medicine check, you can tell it's going to be probably around eight hours before he wakes up. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, okay. Um, Roos, you go up the stairs to go look for the captain. And at the top of the stairs, you see there's a bunch of sailors kind of uh, standing around this uh, the body of this old woman. And you instantly recognize her as 
Mona, the cook in Renato hey. Pello's mansion, the one that you on purpose tried to uh, annoy <laughs> and succeeded, the one who could not see through your glamour. And uh, I, I would imagine now that you kind of have seen what she was capable of in dealing with Richter, I mean, I'm not going to make it make you uh, make like an insight or a check. You just instantly kind of break out into a cold sweat, realizing just how close you came to blowing your cover around a very powerful spellcaster. <laughs> Bruce will chuckle and say, huh, I guess Lady Jaffa was at my side right there. And he'll step over her and, and move towards the, the captain. Uh, he's this short man just up there uh, manning, the, manning the wheel. He looks, uh, he looks tired, but he looks very, um, very uh, purposeful at this point, very driven. Russell uh, hand over 15 gold to him and say, I'm sorry for all of this mess. Hopefully this will help with the cleanup and any uh, repairs that you need to do to the ship afterwards. What'd you do to my ship? Oh, we didn't do anything, but there's blood um, all over the stairs right there. And um, in my room, there was, there's, there's quite a bit of blood all over the floor. All right. Well, uh, he takes the he pockets 15 gold. He says, I, I appreciate it. Um, the, your friends had mentioned something about checking out this, this, uh, this woman here, this corpse. Uh, we're going to toss her overboard. Uh, so if you want to check anything before we do, uh, now is your last chance. I recognize the woman, but you can throw her over. And then he kind of motions over to the sailors and they, two of them take her, uh, two by the hands, two by the ankles, and heave ho, over she goes. And Mona, the cook of the Pello Manor, is over the side and um, out of the game. <laughs> <laughs> now, the real reason I'm here is these, the list of excursions that you have. I wanted to see if any of them were going to be delayed because of the events of tonight. He's like, no, no, we should still be making all of our stops at the appropriate times. And <laughs> excursions, like excursions, you mean when we get to Collinium? Because this is a nonstop flight. Yes, yes, when we get to Collinium. Yeah, exactly. When we get to Clinium, then then you can excursion right off the ship and go do whatever you're going to do in Clinium. Yes, exactly. <laughs> ship lines. <laughs> Perfect. All right. We are going to... Is everyone going to just take a, a long rest now at this point? After hearing from Pine that it seems like everything is under control with Farron and he is out for, uh, for the count. Um, is there anything anybody wants to do before taking a long rest and hurling Farron over the side as well? <laughs> I think I want to check out the rooms. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You have the key to, to, uh, to the room. So, uh, Richter and, uh, Nari are going to go through the rooms. Why don't you, uh, make an investigation check with advantage as you guys are both kind of tossing. Uh, it's, it's a pretty small room, uh, but it it's uh, it, there's places to hide things, that kind of thing. Sure. I rolled a 24. Okay. With a 24, you find a pile um, actually of 490. No, sorry. Let me do the math here. Yeah. You find you find a sack with 490 platinum uh, tucked what? in underneath one. Of, yes. Tucked in underneath what? one of the beds. And uh, there is a note with that bag. What does the note say? 
So as you pull the note out, you can seal that you see that it um, it has a seal on it that has been broken, uh, but the seal itself was of a running galloping horse. And as you pop it open, uh, you can look, uh, you can start to read it. As you read through it, you see it is written in a. Um, you can see places where the pen, like the nib, the nib of the quill, has poked through, and you can only imagine this was written in anger or with a lot of force. And um, basically, what it says is, "Use this money to find those fools who thought they could oppose me. Um, uh, hire an army if you need to, but I want the man of Menarest, his manservant, that that red-haired woman, and the malfunctioning deacon." found and brought back to me and then signed Renato Pello. Mm. Mm, looks like we got a bee in his bonnet. Pine comes into the room and it says, wait, did we rob him twice? <laughs> Are we serious? Oh, wow. The second time was even on an, ac- an accident. <laughs> <laughs> the first time he just robbed him of some deacons. He didn't take any of his hoard. I don't remember if it, if it came through in the podcast or not, but I showed uh, our players um, in the mansion, the map, and I showed them one of the rooms that they did not go in. And it was full, full of gold, just full of money. And uh, I think that got people thinking that maybe Renato Pello was a, was a dragon. But honestly, he's probably just a guy who got really, really rich and has no idea what to do with all that money. Nice. Uh, speaking of riches, so... 400 and whatever was 90 platinum, I think, which is basically 4,900 pieces of gold. And then the, what was it? 49 or no, uh, 96. No, that was the 490. I think that Sabrina was already doing some calculations. Sabrina and Roos have already given us all that money broken out. So 24 platinum from the first and then 68 gold and then 122 platinum here each. Okay. What's what's the total then for each of us? So 146 platinum and 68 gold. Hey Gerard, are you asleep? <laughs> My friends. <laughs> uh, it's like Beetle where he just kind of gets up off the ground and puts a little tray in front of himself and says, Ah, we must have been married in a previous life. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Gerard, I found this cool bug. <laughs> As you guys prepare to um, to get a long... <laughs> Sorry, you found this cool bug. Oh, gosh. Come on, because Beetle collects the rhino, the rhino beetles. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, as you guys are um, kind of getting ready to uh, take a long rest and kind of call it quits for the night, we are going to also call it quits for the night and stop there uh, at this point on your trek to Menarest here aboard the brass butterfly all right guys well thanks for playing tonight that was fun um my bad guys i mean one of them did really well and the other two did not do nearly as well as i thought they were going to i was so worried about richter oh gosh man oh golly Uh, yeah Um, me too well it was the crit with that arcane blast that she did so anyway well very good okay guys well thanks for playing and if you like what we're doing which you obviously do because this is like episode what 97 i think we're on uh no 98. 98 98 episodes we are approaching 100 very shortly so go check out our discord come chat come chat with us and uh tell us some of your theories about what's going on or some of your like fan art that kind of thing also don't forget we do have a store you can get t-shirts and steins that kind of thing as well as um sometimes i do 
uh, stream on Twitch. So come get some spoilers uh, where I make maps of things that are coming up in the campaign and you get to uh, hang out with me and maybe give some ideas or some recommendations about something you'd like to see on a particular map. Anyway, until we get together next time, we hope you have a great time. <laughs>